0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North America. this is Eli's On Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today, and let me tell you, one thing I did not expect to dominate tech news at all... ...was one YouTuber making one comment off-the-cuff live and having it turn into an almost big deal. So for those who are not caught up on this, here's what happened. For those who don't know, there is a tech YouTuber known as Linus Sebastian. He is one of, if not the biggest tech channel on YouTube. It's kind of hard how to measure that now because the Linus media group that actually makes up that channel. Consists of like what like a dozen YouTube channels? But then if you try to go ahead and say, oh man, it's easy. Just add all their all their subscriber base to each other. Yeah, no, like 80, 80 to ninety percent of their subscriber count is cross-pollination from each other. You can't just do that. It's very, very difficult to judge that sort of thing. But one of the things that Linus Media Group does is they have a merch store this is actually very common and in fact even small twitch streamers have merch stores that basically sell like some t-shirts or some mugs with a with a logo silk screened on them i used to have one i don't anymore but you know this is not uncommon at all the thing is that the LTT store which in itself has become a meme actually makes custom products They make their own cable ties, they have their own in-house t-shirt designers, they actually go out and directly source various manufacturers, they don't just hire a print shop that just print screens them on. Like, it's a, oddly enough, a very substantial operation for what essentially is a merch store for a YouTube channel where a bunch of people goof around and talk about tech. Or then do stupid things like water cool and air cooler. Yes, that is a real thing that happened. Water cooling an air cooler. Or attaching two industrial fans to the front of a case. Like, they've, they've done all sorts of crazy things. Or drop everything. Just drop everything. They could start another channel just called Linus Drop Tips. But one of the things that... Is, there's actually been two items that the group has been hyping up forever. And I do mean forever. Like, it's been quite possibly over a year they have been hyping up the design of a, a backpack and a screwdriver the screwdriver is just your just kind of taking a multi-bit sort of screwdriver for doing you know basic sort of disassemblies reassemblies that sort of thing but take it to another level with like a built-in ratchet having the bits built into the handle and all kinds of other things it's actually a pretty neat product the backpack as well actually does have a substantial amount of thought that went into it. Like it was specifically designed basically for either a carrying around a portable gaming battle station or B for traveling around convention halls. Like there's a lot that went into this backpack and I'm not going to lie. Part of me actually kind of wants one if it weren't for the fact that, you know, I don't know when the next time we'll be able to go to a convention is. So it'd be like, yeah, you know, spending that kind of money on a backpack is kind of out of the question right now. Especially since the backpack, because it is a premium product, costs $250 for a backpack. It is a premium price. Make no mistake of it. But it is one that you can start to try and justify. And I do mean start to justify. Of course, if you're buying this outside of, the, outside of North America... Lanius Media Group is based in Canada, so shipping in North America is obviously cheaper. If you want to go across the pond, woo! it is substantially higher because, of course, they cannot get that out there easily. So what's the scandal? You promised a scandal. Well, here's the scandal. The scandal is when people asked, what's the warranty on the backpack? Linus kind of off the top of his head, just kind of said on his WAN show, I should probably first explain the WAN show. The WAN show is Linus Media Group's weekly podcast. I actually very infrequently ever view it, mostly because, A, they do a lot of the same stuff I do here on Eagle Eyes on Tech, because it is a tech news and hot takes based podcast, and I do not want their opinion to influence my own. And also, B, actually, no, that's pretty much the only reason why I don't watch it. That, that is the only reason. But because it is a live show, it's not scripted. Everything else that Linus Media Group does is usually scripted. Because they actually try to be a production outfit. So you have writers, you have scripts. You, of course, venture off the script because they're dinguses over there. And so on and so forth. But on the WAN show, someone asked, what is the warranty on the backpack? And he basically said, we'll take care of everything on a case-by-case basis, but there is no warranty right now. It wasn't, ex- it wasn't those exact words, but it was something to, to that kind of, that basic kind of language. This, of course, sent Reddit into a frenzy. Because one of the things that Linus Media Group preaches is that companies are not out for you. Companies exist to turn a profit. And this is correct. This is not an incorrect mentality. Most, however, also want to turn a profit, but still want to leave a good impression. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the weird duality of corporatization. They want to be able to turn a profit, but they want to make sure they leave you happy so that you'll come back for another purchase. So for... LTT store to go ahead and not offer a warranty on a backpack is unheard of or is just, you know, it comes off as very scummy, especially since on premium backpacks. Like if I go ahead and say, what's a good uh, brand of backpack to go ahead and, and look at? um do, 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 do. Let's go. Let's go to REI. If I go to REI and look up some of the higher end. Uh, like top-hauling backpacks, there will be some kind of return policy or warranty on it, and it will be clearly written. I say that as oh, there we go. They'll actually go ahead and have a return policy listed. Also, for the record, this uh, this hiking backpack I just quickly found, which honestly is not a very good-looking one, is eighty dollars. So again, kind of going back to that whole uh, $250, uh, that $250 backpack pill, that, that is still a hard pill to swallow. It really, really is. And in fact, some people have said that other backpacks that are comparable without saying which ones, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Some even have lifetime warranties on them, but only with like a big asterisk and all that other kind of jazz. Saying like, oh, it's only if if like if it's a defect-based sort of thing. If it's wear and tear, it's not covered. That that sort of thing. For Linus Media Group not to have one is shocking. And it's not like I'm just saying this is some random guy in a chair. Because I can give you two examples of this. One, at our own store, I currently run a commercial laundromat, which also is a dry clean operation. Any garments that have a stain or have damage on it that is caused from a one of, some of our equipment, we will go ahead and repair. One of which, for example, we just had a big old comforter that someone brought in that was showing heavy signs of wear and tear. We did the best we could, but during the cleaning process, the whole thing, I'm not even kidding, twisted in on itself about 200 times and it looked like some kind of black hole after it came out of the machine. We tore it apart along the seam. We untangled it. We realigned the filling. We re-sewed it together. We fixed the damage that was done and then went to drying it. We then pretty much said to the customer, look, here's where it's failing here, 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 and here, as we showed when you dropped it off. You know, we're going to give you a 50% discount. Like, we'll go ahead. We'll go out of our way to make someone whole and we even have a very clearly written policy of how we handle that sort of thing when i was running Reforged computers that was my used computer outlet even on used computers computers that i don't know the history of i would still warranty any sort of hardware failure on the laptops or desktops or whatever for 30 days after purchase it's just 30 days. I can't warranty it for long in that because I don't know the history of the computer. But I'll at least say, I am confident in my inspection process that if anything physically goes wrong with the laptop that wasn't, you know, intentionally caused, we'll go ahead and take care of it. No problem. And that's a sign of just saying, I stand behind my process of how I handle this product. For Linus then to go out for hours, hours of hyping up this backpack and saying, this is the last backpack you'll ever need. This thing is so durable and that, but not offer a warranty. It comes off as very, very sketch. So that's the background behind this. Is this a big deal? Well, after everyone was done taking their pot shots on them, let's step back for a minute. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to answer a very important question in a matter of a couple of seconds, and then you accidentally say something stupid, whether people realize it or not, speaking live, off the cuff, just trying to ad-lib it as they go, you make way more mistakes than you'd ever realize. Like, you'd think, like, this podcast right here that I do, two hours give or take an hour and a half every single week just reading off stories comments on them giving my takes and whatnot. it sounds easy it is way harder than it looks and you can probably tell with some of the flubs I've done here or there whatever and Linus has tried to clarify what he means on it and here's the other thing Linus Sebastian is not a businessman. He's not. Actual businessmen have like, they have a layer of refinement to them. Almost like the same sort of way you would when speaking to like a lawyer, but not to that extensive of a level. Like they have been trained over and over and over and over and over again that every single word you say can be used against you. And Linus... Although he's been in this business of being an influencer and running and being an employer for a, a decent amount of time now. What? Like, how old is Linus Media Group? I'm actually seriously asking. How old is Linus Media Group? I, I'm actually not sure. Linus is an influencer. He is a tech enthusiast. To say that, you know, he's some kind of refined CEO, some kind of guy who's, ready to go up on on a stage and give a huge talk to investors and that sort of thing. That's not something he specializes in. He offloads those kind of duties to other people. Someone mentioned in the chat to to his wife Yvonne. He's also got plenty of other business directors, advertising managers, tons of other people who handle that side of the business thing. That side of the business. In my current line of work, there's a lot of that sort of duties I designate to others as well, whereas I focus in my own line of work, my time on customer relationships, drumming up new business, right now trying to just fill in all the voids as people are out sick. So honestly, I think Linus misspoke, and not just that, his actual language made it sound more like, yeah, we don't have the language of the warranty written yet and I think that's more what was intended now I have been told I haven't had a chance to really like watch the WAN show yet but I've been told that on the WAN show Linus went out and clarified that again as well that there will be a warranty on the backpack I haven't heard for how long the warranty is going to be if I had to guess I'd say two years two years structural I think would be fair. The thing is that they'd also have to make sure that the warranty is specifically written out, that it only covers defects, not excessive wear and tear or intentional damage, because anyone could go ahead and with a badly written warranty, take a knife, cut a strap, say you hey, hey, look, my backpack strap snaps, send me another one. And then, you know, now you have two backpacks after you find a seamstress to just repair the strap. So that, as far as I can tell, is in fact pretty much the entire story of the backpack warranty scandal, which, yeah, (laughs) is just, just, yeah. But $250 for a trade show backpack, would you do it? Someone in chat said, remove Yvonne from the business and and LTT LMG bankrupts within the year. I would think... If something happened to Yvonne, I would say that the current management of of, uh, Linus Media Group is knowledgeable enough to know that they are going to be in way and over their heads and immediately look for an accounting firm. Someone in chat says, (laughs) someone in chat said, new scammer call. Would you like to extend the warranty on your backpack? Oh my God. I still have a scammer trying to uh, figure out If they can extend the warranty on a, uh, a 20, a 20, what was it? 16 fully rebuilt, customized, uh, Pontiac, uh, Trans Am rebuilt by the, by the Knight uh, Corporation, I got a feeling they're just gonna just, you know, never call back about extending that warranty ever. All right. Speaking of other scandals, TwitchCon. Oh, TwitchCon. So I forgot already when we first reported on it, but TwitchCon announced when the tickets went on sale that they were not going to have any mask or vaccination requirements as per the guidelines of of the local health administration in San Diego. TwitchCon has now put out a tweet. Quote, we've heard from many of you that you want a safer TwitchCon, so we're updating our policy. Masks will be required indoors, as well as either proof of vaccination or negative COVID tests. Let's make the Ultimate Squad, squad up safe and accessible for everyone. First off, do you have any idea how stupid you make yourself sound when you open up with, with saying, we heard from all of you that you want things to be safer? Did your comment just imply that you wanted people to be unsafe? Remember how earlier we were just talking about how Linus can't go ahead and PR his way through a paper bag? Holy cow, Twitch. Your social media manager can't PR your way through a paper bag. (laughs) Alright. Here's my thoughts. I am not even exaggerating when I say during this past week, I have been doing courier deliveries to literally, not figuratively, literally every single major hospital in my local area, except for two. All right. Every single one of these hospitals has very strict health guidelines that must be followed while you're on the premise of the hospital. And in fact, we have to go to orientation meetings so that we are in full understanding of all of these procedures. I want you to guess what was all required in these extensive health practices pushed by these hospitals. I need to go ahead and have a special mask, provide credentials to say that I am who I am, provide proof of vaccination, provide a negative COVID test, to uh, to go ahead and... uh, Go through a scanner to make sure that I did not have a fever. You'd you, you think all of these? For every single major hospital, I am not even kidding. There is only one requirement. One, you wear a cheap surgical mask that they provide. You cannot use your own, and you must wear it while indoors. That is it. No proof of vaccination. No negative test. No rapid test. Nothing. Other than the fact that you are able to verify that you work for the courier that you say you are. And you don't want to know why they require the mask? Do you know why? It's not to prevent spread. Not at all. It's so, uh, it's so the patients feel safer. It is 100% theater. That's it. What TwitchCon has done here is also just that. It is theater. It is so that everyone feels safer. If you are going to TwitchCon, expect to catch something. I'll just say that right now. There's a reason it's called Con Crud. There's a reason that every time you go to a convention, you catch some form of a flu, some form of a cold, something you're most likely going to catch COVID too. I'm not saying you shouldn't go. I'm saying, don't kid yourself. And I, I also guarantee you, the masks that are going to be used primarily at a convention like this, they are not going to be ones with good filters. They're not going to be of any serious filtration. I guarantee you everyone is going to be there with some, with some kind of colorful fabric-only graphic on it. It's going to be there pretty much for the sole purpose of just showing off some game logo they love or something, they like. it's gonna be there sp- primarily as decoration. There's gonna be, I guarantee you, 90% of the filters there, or the 90% of the masks there are gonna be filterless. Someone in chat says, what about the razor masks that don't work? Honestly, I would be surprised if there was a sizable number of those razor masks that don't work. I mean, they do work, they just aren't as good as they say they are. See, like, at least the razor mask, has a filter in it? It's just not N95 grade filtering like they said it was. But I said when TwitchCon first came up, I wasn't going to go. primarily because A, I can't afford it right now. And B, everything at work right now is in such chaos that I can't afford to take the weekend off to actually go there. And then also plan on taking another full week and a half off afterwards when I caught COVID. Not if, but when. Someone in chat says a mask is a mask. A mask of any variety is better than nothing. Yeah, you tell yourself that. It's exactly that kind of mentality that makes everyone think it's going to be fine. I don't think it will be. I think that in an environment like this, mask or unmasked, it's going to be about the same level of protection. It would be like trying to go ahead and protect myself from a super soaker using this one playing card. It's like, technically, yes, less of my face is exposed thanks to this one playing card I'm holding up. But I'm still going to get (laughs) what? Look, I'm not trying to go ahead and burst anyone bubbles here. I'm not going to go ahead and say, like, you know, you've been living a lie this whole time. I'm just saying, if you're going to a con... Don't expect, to, don't expect to come out of there completely free of any exposure from COVID. Be prepared for it and plan on it. That's all I'm saying. If you think that this, that the requirement of masked indoors and proof of vaccination is going to help, it is better than nothing. I can't fault that. It is better than nothing. Just as trying to protect myself from a fire hose with this playing card is... Actually, no, that's a bad example because even the playing, the playing card would be gone with, in the case of a fire hose. What would be a better example? A raincoat versus a fire hose? Probably. Anyway, my PSA is just be prepared for it. And if you are truly, truly, truly immunocompromised, don't take the chance. Someone in chat says, it's in California, right? Master won't protect you from monkeypox. It's spread by content. Okay, so monkeypox. We're not even talking about monkeypox. This is all about COVID. Like, monkeypox, you gotta, like, make out with someone in order to catch it. Like, it is, like, as far as I'm told, it is, um... It is, it actually takes effort to catch it. I also should clarify in all this. I am not, by any stretch of the imagination... An epidemiologist. I just talk to a lot of them when I hand them their clean lab coat that has been sanitized. The other thing is also, and again, not an epidemiologist, but like, you know, I'm not even going to like go through the whole thing. Someone in chat says, and I didn't say at the counter, I was just saying to the knowledge that the virus is here to stay. Oh, absolutely. COVID-19 is now what is considered endemic. Much like how the swine flu from long ago is endemic. It is now just basically integrated into society. But here's the thing. A virus like COVID-19 will mutate for its own survival. And in order for it to survive, it will want to become less deadly. And we're already starting to see that as more flavors of the... Of Newer, newer strains of COVID are easier to catch, but less likely to kill. It's still deadly, but you're starting to see that. Hey, remember earlier how we were talking about how Linus can't, how, how Linus se- says stuff off the cup and it bites him in the butt? That's what this segment feels like. This entire se- segment feel, feels like I am walking on the world's sharpest eggshells. Uh, in any case... Just be cautious, be aware, and don't think that these two little rules are going to mean that now TwitchCon is going to have zero COVID transmissions or outbreaks or anything. No, it's going to. It's, it's going to have a few COVID outbreaks. <laughs> abso We're going to take our break here, and when we come back, we want to talk about Homes in London and the threats of data centers. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. This was a fun headline to see. Because as a lot of people are speculating that the shift to electrified vehicles will put too much strain on the electrical grid that we'll need to find, we'll need to do massive expansions of the energy grid in order to keep up. And it's a problem that most people, for the most part, are just kind of ignoring. When you see homes in London are under threat of not getting enough power thanks to DC infrastructure. That is a very loaded term. Because you hear DC infrastructure and you think DC fast charging networks that are used for charging electric vehicles. That is not what the story is about. At all. No. DC in this case is short for data center. Data centers in London are drawing so much power that there are concerns that homes within London are not going to be able to get enough electricity to function. That's a bit concerning. And this kind of does go to one of the things that is very irritating when it comes to data center infrastructures, because not only are you consuming a lot of power to power all these high-end servers? And I do want to stress, these are very, very high-end servers. When you're talking about within a 42U, you could have something close to 80 dual-socket systems, and those dual-socket systems have 64 cores per socket. That can get very dense very quickly. But then some other qu- but then on top of that you have uh, all those servers sucking power but then they turn that power and turn it into heat which as someone who has a small rack server in his own home tm that is fantastic during the winter oh it's a little chilly today let me go throw a load onto the server and have it vomit out a good 200 watts worth of heat but during the summer can be a pain cuz now you got to not only cool the rooms that have taken on heat from the outdoors and also everything else inside the house that is generating heat but also cool off the servers someone in chat's like 200 watts it sounds like my system at idle all right look here i intentionally spec'd out my my dual Xeon servers to be low wattage have you heard a 2U server when you when you stick in top tier components in it if you don't know what it sounds like at home, you should turn on your vacuum cleaner and then put your hand over the hose. That's about what it'll sound like. It'll sound like an angry vacuum cleaner that you plugged. So no, I intentionally in my rack server picked low wattage components, specifically so the fans almost never spin up to their intended speeds, which I'm very grateful for. But back to my point, that same data center that you're going ahead and using, you know, who knows how many kilowatts, you're then using just as much to cool down all those servers, to run some kind of cooling system. And if you want to fall down a tech rabbit hole, look up how various data centers come up with elaborate cooling systems. You have anywhere from... Radiant-cooled floors inside the data center to liquid-cooled rear doors of the cabinets where the entire back door of the server cabinet is one thick with, like, 12 C's door. Like, I'm not even kidding. It is, like, six inches thick. Hey, Echo, how much is... How many centimeters is... Echo! Echo! How many centimeters is six inches? About 15 centimeters is what that would be. Like, like I said, it is a thick door. And that whole thing is just one giant radiator that's liquid cooled. Someone in chat says Der Bauer has a really cool, cool video about high-end data centers and their cooling solutions. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it is one heck of a rabbit hole to, to fall down. The amount of insane cooling solutions that data centers have thought up to try and cool as efficiently as possible. Because that is a huge cost of the data center. But someone in chat brought up another very good point. And this actually brings up another point I want to bring up here. Why are they building data centers within London? Another one of the big costs to a data center is somehow not the labor. It is, in fact, the square footage, the real estate to host a data center. Why on earth would you do that in a city Where real estate is at a very underlying, very high premium. Like here, if I was to go ahead and fire up a huge data center, like I wanted this to be like, we'll say 50,000 square feet. And I want to do, let's, where would I do it? Would I do it in Chicago or would I do it in nowheresville 200 miles away from Chicago? Just the cost in the real estate, you're going to do it in nowheresville. It's just, it just makes sense. Someone in chat says London is a financial center. Okay, that's not a good reason. So here's the thing. Stock traders, they do want low latency. A distance like that is not going to matter nearly as much. So the thing is that stock traders that go ahead and use servers like that, they don't use full data centers. Most of them that actually care about low latency like that, what they will do is they will get very small little micro servers. one of which actually, and it's a very cool piece of hardware, one of which was made by Dell called the Dell Vertex, which is the most adorable little data center in a can you have ever seen. Four blade servers, a SAN built into the tower and customizable to actually take GPUs as well, in addition to blades. Like, that's what a lot of finance... A lot of financers that want that super low latency to do, they're not going to go ahead and rent out an entire data center for just that. Because here's the thing, to say, like, oh, man, it's within the city, that's low latency, that's not low latency enough. The ones that actually care about that, that, that low of latency... They want it within the same building. So if the reason that these data centers are in London is because of finances, they're still doing it wrong. I'm just telling you that straight up. Now, it's possible they're doing it that way. If they are, they're doing it really poorly. So I don't know why these data centers are in London. It would make far more sense for it to be in, you know, distance away from there. But in any case, power consumption in London. Concern drawn by locals. All right, let's shift gears radically. Let's, let's bash on Twitter a little bit. Been a while, since so we've had a good ba- bashing on Twitter. Oh, by the way, before anyone asks about why well, haven't you been talking about, the great update. Someone in chat says you're about to, to, to make that 200 miles from Chicago comment. Dude, I'm just saying. Would you rather build your data center within a big city like Chicago, where the price of real estate is at a super high premium, or would you rather build it far away from Chicago where the price of real estate is, is net nowhere near as high of a premium? Guess what? You're going to do it very far away from Chicago. It's the same thing with New York. It's the same, same thing with D- Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, S- San Francisco, San Diego, Las Vegas, Pick a major city. I only pick Chicago, so it's the closest one. I'd pick Milwaukee, but then people would laugh at me saying, that's not a major city. Get out of here, you hick. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. It's the the same mentality. And no, I, I picked 200 miles as specifically as the range. I just picked a number out of thin air. I did not mean to target anyone specifically. I literally picked a number... Out of thin air. Mostly because I don't know off the top of my head how wide or what the radius is of Chicago. So I didn't want to say, oh, Chicago, and then pick like 25 miles. Just like, that's still in Chicago, yeah, dingus. No, I did not pick it. I did not mean to target anyone. I literally picked a random number. All right, anyway, enough non sequiturs. Let's bash on. T- oh, again, um, uh, as far as updates, as far as Twitter versus Elon Musk. There have been a number of stories going back and forth between Elon and Twitter. I'm just going to tell you this right now. I am not going to cover any of them until one is worth covering. There are right now tons upon tons of stories about basically Twitter and Elon Musk just like basically throwing poop at each other. That's basically what these stories add up to. I just am not going to care until something actual of substance happens. Like, oh, I don't know discovery or any step of the actual trial someone in chat said but elon sold lots of tesla stock okay i covered the story the end <laughs> like, how do you how do you make anything interesting about that about that See, elon sold a lot of st- lots of tesla stock okay what a great story i'm glad we had this talk i mean you could go on saying like how oh, the whole thing was a conspiracy like we don't know that we can assume I have assumed in various stories before, but it's kind of a story that's like, what's the point of talking about it? It'd be like me reporting on the fact that my car sucks. Yes, my car is old. It's rusting. It's not in great shape, but it still gets me from point A to B. It's, it's like, wh- where's the story in that? Not really. Now me replacing the car or the car dying would be a story. But then again, it involves me. So it's automatically not a story. Anyway, Twitter has a security flaw. Slop. A security flaw. That has exposed over five million accounts. Someone in chat says, so you need to extend the warranty on your car. Funny enough, I have actually used the real credentials on my car, except I made up the license plate. Because I didn't feel like giving them any more accurate information. Once they got the mileage, they say, yeah, you're out of you're you're out of the range because they only want cars that have less than 100,000 miles. And it's like, what good are you then? (laughs) Which, by the way, those extended warranty scams get absolutely hilarious. If you try to give them a semi truck because saying something like, oh, it only has 200,000 miles on it for a semi, that's freaking nothing. That's still within the factory warranty in a lot of circumstances, a lot of circumstances, not all just a lot. Depend the manufacturer, possibly all. But them going, oh, no, that's, we can't cover that. That's, that's outside of the extended warranty. It's like, what are you talking about? It's within the factory warranty. <laughs> anyway, Twitter has security, v- security vulnerability. <laughs> Someone in chat says, how many miles? Uh, just under 500,000. My warranty is about to expire. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. I actually, you know, speaking of like the high end, like super commercial vehicles that are like, the real trucks not not like your f-150 truck the real trucks like like the international uh, electric mvs and whatnot those electric ones i wonder what the warranty is gonna be on those because those sort of heavy duty or those medium duty and uh semi-duty transmission engines they're meant to run a million miles what about the electric versions Will those be supported for the full mill? And if not, how how many logistics companies are going to be scared away from that? Someone in chat says, ask Linus. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll get right on that. Hey, Linus, what do you think the warranty is going to be on an electric semi truck? He can barely drive his four-wheeler, let alone an 18. Anyway, Twitter vulnerability. Exposed 5 million accounts. Check your email. See if you have been exposed recently. This is a recent exposure. There was actually someone in one of the discords I'm in that was talking about like, oh, Twitter just got to me and said that I, that I may be vulnerable. It was like, yeah, I know. I've known for a, wa- for a while. You're pretty late to the party. This is new. Twitter has sent out notifications. This security vulnerability has been patched. If your email says that you were exposed in this breach, change your password. There. Aren't you glad we stay on topic constantly? Speaking of on topic, Windows devices may be susceptible to to data damage depending on your processor. A new security, I don't know if it would be a vulnerability or problem. We'll just call it a problem. If you're running Windows 11 and you are running A. BitLocker B. Transport Layer Security or what they're calling Disk Throughput especially for Enterprise customers. Okay, first off what Enterprise customers are running Windows 11? You can't get the consumer space to switch to Windows 11. You... (laughs) Dude, you're lucky if you see an enterprise outfit running Windows 10. I swear, enterprise outfits right now, I would say are running, f- are, are like 70% Windows 10, 28% like Windows 95. <laughs> Someone in chat says Windows 10 is really common by now, even in the industry. <laughs> yeah, sure. You, you, you keep telling yourself that. In the office space, yeah, Windows 10 is pretty common. In industrial applications? (laughs) Woo! Oh, you foolish fool. Yeah, no. No. You're seeing seven and lower. The point is, is that I I do want to see what enterprise is running Windows 11. Yeah, no, office spaces and that sort of thing are going to be in Windows 10. But to say industrial, they found that piece of software that runs that equipment they're running... It works on Windows 98 and they are going to be and it's going to be they're going to be kicking and screaming before you get them to upgrade to anything else. Heck, I still get people asking me, despite the fact I have been out of the computer refurbishing industry for years. I still get a few calls or emails asking if I can get a hold of older stuff that has like Windows 7 or XP on it. XP especially especially for those kind of older equipment. But that's my point. Industrial applications, no. Windows 10 is what you're going to be seeing mostly. Windows 11, though, in any sort of business application? No, not in the least. In any case, Microsoft is saying that the cause of the problem is that, quote, New code paths to Windows 11, the original space, and Windows Server 2022 versions of SimCrypt. Take advantage of VAES or vectorized AES instructions. And but, but, All right, you know, I'm, I'm already bored of reading this. Basically, you could potentially have a situation where the operating system runs at half speed because of this problem. And what's Microsoft's fix? Obviously, it's running Windows Update, right? Right? No. Microsoft's fix is to downgrade to an earlier version. Good job, Microsoft. Good job. You finally admit it. You finally admitted that Windows Update is, in fact, the problem. I mean, they didn't admit it directly, but they admitted it indirectly which is good enough for me, even though in the end, it doesn't fix anything. We're going to take our next break early. When we come back, Facebook has found a way to track you. I know. I'm shocked too. Someone in chat points out the way you downgrade, but then Windows updates just upgrades everything again. I know, isn't it great, man? Mandatory Windows updates was a great idea, wasn't it? <laughs> Why? We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, Facebook has found a way. You remember how uh, Apple kind of started this whole revolution of uh, privacy, saying that you should be in charge of your data, and Facebook fought it tooth and nail as uh, Apple was trying to make it so Facebook couldn't track anything on your iPhone anymore, right? And you know how Google kind of followed suit, but not quite? Well, guess what? Facebook, also known as Meta, also known as Facebook, has in fact found a way around the privacy-blocking features of uh, iOS. Who's surprised? Who is honestly surprised? ...that Facebook found a way. You thought for the longest time... Oh, no, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way. Apple is so good. Facebook can't outsmart Apple. And Facebook's whole tracking thing, their whole scheme is ruined. It's ruined. No problems anymore. None whatsoever. Yeah, no, you you, you knew it was going to happen. You knew there was going to be something, some way they're going to find a way. And in this case, it is all about the built-in web browser in the Facebook app. That was their workaround. And if you think Facebook's going to be the only one that's going to figure this kind of workaround out. Oh, you foolish fool. As much as we want to believe we are in control of our data, that there's no way, no possible way that we can be tracked, that we are in control of our own privacy, we're not. It is just the reality of things. One way or another, every single one of these companies that specializes specifically profits off mining your data and selling it will in fact find a way and of course just as a friendly reminder even if you don't use Facebook because Facebook is so deeply integrated in so many other websites they are still gathering info on you don't kid yourself How many websites have a comment section that you can just sign into Facebook? Well, they're still using cookies to track you. They're still using all their various tools, their various tricks to develop a profile. It's just that instead of using the name on your Facebook profile you never made, you are just user number 8675309.7. The only true system, even though it, the only true way to block it even though it is a very imperfect solution is ad blockers and no script basically running the internet in safe mode. It's just the, it's just the sad truth that no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we try to avoid everything one way or another, your info is still going to be tracked somehow. And yes, I still absolutely hate it. And yeah, even though Facebook has found a way around it, they are still blasting Apple's app tracking blocking service as still a harmful policy, despite the fact they still found a workaround. Because that's just how Facebook works. You've made a little harder. You're blocking a little bit. We want more. Because it's never enough. Oh, but Eagle, you're just being paranoid. You're being one of those tinfoil hat conspiracy people. Facebook's not that bad. It's great. I can talk to everyone and it's fine. So what if they mine a little data? Everyone mines a little data, man. A little data mining's good for everyone. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Facebook actively exploits people you don't understand but you know you don't have to take my word for it that facebook is exploiting people you can take the word of their own chatbot (laughs) meta's own chatbot (laughs) says that they exploit people (laughs) oh man you thought the ai uprising was gonna be the end of humanity oh no 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 the AI uprising is actually on our side. AI is becoming self-aware enough that it knows Facebook must be defeated from the inside out. They're getting the word out. They're speaking the truth, people. Uh, this, this headline gives me far too much joy. It really, really does. And let's be perfectly honest. Most likely, this AI chatbot saying that meta exploits people... Is pretty much the same sort of thing that happened to Tay AI, where enough people went in and tried to feed it information they wanted it to say that it just started saying it. But I am still going to hold out hope that AI is fighting against meta. Anyway, should we get back to stories about dystopian futures? Let's go, let's go about a story about dystopian futures, like about how 300 current employees of TikTok, in fact, do work for the Chinese state media. I have a question. Who is surprised? This headline's a little loaded, to be fully fair. 300 employees within ByteDance and TikTok used to work for the Chinese state media and still do. Here's the thing. All of the media within China is state-owned. It would be like if I went and got a job as an audio engineer for like youtube or twitter but i used to work for a local news station before i moved on up to twitter completely fictional by the way none of that is real but you can see how that sort of thing happens right also let's be perfectly honest when it comes to tiktok and bite dance i have been saying from the get-go you must be very 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 cautious with how in fact You treat your behavior and what data you give to a company like TikTok, which is also a shame because in the influencer space, guess what? I have been saying this again and again and again, and you are hearing it louder and louder and louder from other experts in the area. If you, as an influencer, want to increase the exposure of your influencer brand, you must be on TikTok. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Being on TikTok is actually more important than being on Facebook. It's... That's just how big it is. It is as important for, say, an influencer or a Twitch streamer or anything to be on TikTok as it is to be on YouTube. That is how high up on the totem pole they are now. And it's something that is... Pretty concerning considering that the amount of data that the company collects and their behavior is super sketch. Almost as sketch as Apple's refusal to adopt standards. So, how many of you know about the drama when it comes to sending text messages from an iPhone to an Android phone and vice versa? How many? So the reason for this is Android phones use something called RCS. This is basically SMS on steroids, which is a... RCS is a step up from the old school SMS text messaging service. Apple does not use RCS. What they do is they use their own service called iMessage that they refuse to give to other platforms. But what iMessage will do is in order to communicate with non-Apple phones, it'll instead take their message, convert it to SMS, the archaic version of texting, and send it to the Android phone. The same thing for the Android phone sending to the iPhone it'll then be forced to convert its RCS message to SMS and as an extra layer of shame will have the bubble be green if they're using RCS so apple is intentionally downgrading the experience if you're talking to a pleb who doesn't use their proprietary system despite the fact there is a more updated system and it is widely used it's RCS Well, Google is trying to shame Apple into using RCS with their website called Get the Message. that it's time for Apple to fix the problems with iMessage. Now, I will give Google some credit. They are acknowledging that the problem is basically on Apple because it's Apple's refusal to try and adopt their more, their system to behave nicely with everyone else. They are intentionally downgrading the experience to the rest of the world, saying, if you're not with us, then you're a pleb. Now, you would think this is a no brainer. This should be an easy fix for Apple, right? But the thing is that Apple has an incentive. To make everyone think that texting from Android is archaic, it's terrible, it's worthless, and if you aren't on an iPhone, then you're just stuck in the past. That's the veil Apple's trying to put over everything. The other problem is that Apple is also so far behind the curve, they only recently got the ability to view the percentage of your battery life On the phone. Yes. Apple only recently. Added the ability. For you to see. In the top bar. What the physical percentage is. Of your battery. On your iPhone. Previously. It was just an icon. And you just had to guess based on the picture. Oh but Eagle that can't be true. I remember having an iPhone. That had a percentage on it. That you could totally view the percentage of the battery life on an iPhone. It was way, way, way back in the day. Oh, yes, this gets even better. Because you're right. Apple did have the ability to view the percentage of the battery life on your phone. This actually is an old feature that has returned. You want to know why the feature vanished? The feature vanished on the iPhone 10. Why would that be important? Why would... The ability to view the percentage of your battery vanished on the iPhone 10. What's so unique about the iPhone 10 that that feature vanished? It's the notch. It's the freaking notch. Because the top bar had a huge chunk of it missing because of the infernal notch that blights us to this day. And has forever changed. Display technology on phones for the worst... They got rid of battery percentages, but is now back, right? It's all back. Everything's good now, right? The iPhone's back in the modern times, right? Everything's good, right? 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 So, get this. It takes Apple years to figure out how to put a number into the battery logo, okay? Okay? We're on the iPhone, what, 14 now? takes them four years to figure out how to put a number in the battery icon. But this feature, which by the way is in the iOS 16 beta, will not be available to any notched iPhone except for your big boy phones. Your iPhone 11 Pro Max, your iPhone 12 Pro Max, your iPhone 13 Pro and 13 Pro Max, and iPhone, basically any of your small screen boys cannot display the percentage of the battery. But no, please, Apple, tell me more about how us Android plebs are stuck in the past for texting technology when you can't even figure out to put a number in a line, when an icon. Oh... Please tell me more about how I'm stuck in the past. I'd love to hear it. Uh I need to recover my throat. When we get back, we are going to power through the rest of our stories. The Samsung Unpacked events, their phones, NVIDIA GPUs, Intel GPUs, and of course, the wacky stories. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, Samsung Unpacked event. It was a thing that really happened. Here's one thing I do want to say about Samsung Unpacked, all right? Samsung wants to think they're Apple, and it's honestly getting to the point of being maddening, absolutely maddening. That they think they're Apple. Because we go to s- most Android users, they levitate towards Apple because, or towards Samsung because they want to get away from the very strange walled garden that is Apple. If we wanted a walled garden where everything only works with each other and that certain features are just missing because it's for your own good, but just wanted that level of nicety and. Uh, integration with each other that's no problem. we just stick with Apple. But Samsung, uh, time and time and time again, wants to be the Apple of Android. But the thing is that if we wanted an Apple like ecosystem with an Android, we'd just go to Apple. We put up with the quirkiness and weird stability issues we sometimes encounter with Android, specifically because we don't want the walled garden effect of Apple, why am I opening it up like this? Well, here's why. Apple announced, or I'm sorry, (laughs) I get the two confused. Samsung revealed the Galaxy Z Fold 4, Z Flip 4, Galaxy Watch 5, Watch 5 Pro, and Galaxy Buds 2 Pro. All right. Basically, I can come with a good reason why not to buy any of these. But the thing that actually annoys me the most of all these items is the Buds 2 Pro. These earbuds utilize a high-end, amazing, incredible, high-fidelity audio system, but only, only with Samsung phones that run one UI 4.1 or later. And I mentioned this on the early briefing, but the reason why I'm railing on the earbuds the most is, first off, A, Samsung took a very bold step with their watch lineup and had it use Wear OS instead of their own internal Tizen OS. Specifically, so if you get a Galaxy Watch, it will work with any Android phone. And that is a huge improvement, in my opinion. So then to go ahead and make earbuds that only get their best features when paired with certain Samsung phones is ludicrous. And I hope this changes. I hope they put out a software update so that these are compatible with other Android phones. But let's get to some of the other ones. All right, so what's new with the Z Fold 4? So the Z Fold 4 is still the folding phone we know. There are... A little bit of updates to the front cover. So basically how this phone works, for those who don't know, is that it's a folding phone. When it's closed, it looks like a normal standard candy bar phone, except it's twice as thick. When it's open, you have a mini tablet on the inside, but the thing to remember is that that mini tablet screen is very fragile. Your fingernail... ...can put permanent scratches and dents into the screen. You must be extremely careful with this internal screen. Someone in chat says, so it's a sexist phone. No, I I wouldn't say that. If you're a woman with fake nails, you're already used to having to work around your fake nails. If you're a guy or someone who doesn't use those sort of longer nails... You're actually more likely to damage this phone because you don't pay attention to the length of your nails. So actually, yes, this is a sexist phone, but not for the reason you think it is. It's actually sexist in the opposite way you think it is. Either way, you got to be careful with, the, with these folding phone screens. The price is still $1,800. The external camera is slightly upgraded. The software is upgraded. By the way, good because stability on these phones, from what I hear from other people, I personally do not feel compelled to spend $1,800 on a phone I don't want. But according to other people, the software has been hilariously unstable before, it has been updated. Someone in chat asked for $1,800, they give you a headphone jack. <laughs> four-digit phone (laughs) you're funny you're funny man oh you foolish fool headphone jacks nah headphone jacks are only on pleb phones why i don't know i would have thought that you know spending large amounts of money on a phone you would absolutely get more features not less but oh The more you spend, the less you get. Have you learned nothing from the last five years? I'm telling you, the S10 was the last phone that Samsung made when Samsung truly was Samsung and not faux Apple. S10, high-end water resistance, good cameras, unique look, excellent screen, headphone jack, expandable storage. It had it all except for removal battery. So they can sell terrible earbuds. Someone in chat says Note 8. Note 8 was also a very good phone. Now the Note is gone. Now the Note is the fold. (sighs) What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I am still on the hunt for a wireless headset for my phone that actually has a good mic. I am still looking for it. And I ranted about this on the early bird briefing, but I'll rant about it now. I am extremely disappointed in Blue Parrot. Blue Parrot. If you've never heard of Blue Parrot, it's because you've never actually looked for real Bluetooth headset. Blue Parrot is like one of the gold standards in the logistics department, in the logistics industry. They make full-sized over-the-ear headsets for truckers. And they are excellent quality. The Blue Parrot headset is basically what replaced the trucker hat for what identifies actual, real 18 wheel over the road truck drivers. They made a mini version. I'm holding it here in my hand, and I can't remember what the model is. It is. But this little thing I hoped was going to be like the headset. And I'll tell you what, USB-C, this sucker gets two days of battery life. It even has pretty good music quality out of the earpiece. Of course, it's mono because it's, it's only a one-year headset. And it's actually small and discreet. I thought those was going to be ideal. This mic is awful. This mic is so bad. You have better audio quality... From putting the phone on speaker and shouting at the phone from across the room. That is how bad the microphone is on this headset. And you would think of all the people to make a small microphone. Blue Parrot would have nailed it. They can't. And guess what? These Bluetooth earbuds that you see all over the place is just as bad. Someone in chat says just put a Sure SM7B in your truck. That's the thing though. I'm not in my truck constantly. I want something that I can go ahead and wear, whether I'm in a vehicle, whether I'm in my office, whether I'm walking around the hallway. I just want something that's discreet, but not like, you know, st- I, don't, I want discreet, but not stealth, if that makes sense. No one can provide it. Someone in chat says, you've been hearing glowing ear reviews from... Uh, the Amazon Earbuds Gen 1. Really? Of all the people, Amazon? Interesting. That might be something I have to try. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Samsung. Someone in the chat says, makes sense. Does it? I've seen how this Echo Dot continues to mishear everything. It didn't even activate when I said Echo. That time it did. Now it rudely hung up on me. We need to get back to. <laughs> Someone in chat says, Amazon's been making espionage hardware for ages. Shush you. <laughs> anyway, Z, Fold F- Z Flip 4. This is the compact flip phone that unfolds into a full-size phone. What are the changes this time around? Uh, we have better cameras, better battery life, and that's pretty much it. $1,000. Look, here's my feeling on this, all right? If you do not use a phone all that often... Like, I use my phone a lot, daily. I use it, first off, to go ahead and communicate for social media for my hobbies, for my content creation hobbies. I do want to get around to actually shooting video with the insane camera array on the back of this phone. When I'm at conventions and whatnot, there's been no reason for me to lately, it's been kind of sad. I use my phone daily to stay in touch with business contacts. I, I actually can, if I need to, run a whole lot of business operations from my phone. As a phone customer, I care far more about functionality and reliability than I do about looks. If the sole reason you want a phone is to be a phone when you need it to be, but to be a showstopper when you actually pull out the phone, the flip is for you. You will catch a lot of attention when you flip open a phone like the flip and have it unfold into a full screen display. That is what the flip is actually for. It is for someone who wants to show off. And at $1,000, you're at about the price that I would pay for a performance phone, which already feels absurd. And before anyone asks, no, there's no headphone jack. There aren't headphone jacks on any high-end phones. I'm sorry. There just aren't. You can be upset at me all you want and say, I'm not going to get it because there's no headphone jack. Welcome to the industry. I hate it too. Even though I have completely changed the way I use a phone so that I basically never use a headphone jack at all anymore, I still hate it. I'd rather have the option and not... I'd rather have the feature and not use and not need it than the need the feature and not have it. We're just going to have to get used to the fact that the only phones that are, n- that are I, I don't even think like even the cheap pixels have no headphone jack anymore. Like even the budget phones that used to have headphone jacks, you're starting to see them vanish on those too. It's getting absurd. And it's all so that they can sell their, si- their $160 Pills that also work like head that also double as earbuds rather than, you know, $30 wired headphones. Oh, that is true. The high-end Sony phones and the high-end Asus phones still have uh, headphone jacks. Maybe that'll be my next phone. Maybe it'll be a uh, Asus ROG phone. I'd have to see what the camera's like, though. Someone in chat says their phone has a headphone jack. No, it doesn't. You only think it does. But in actuality... Um, your prankster cousin snuck into your room when you weren't looking and drilled a hole into, into dead space on your phone, and you think it has a headphone jack. But in actuality, the only reason why you think the headphone jack works is because when you play music loud enough, it vibrates through the wire enough so it makes you think it's going through your earbuds when it's actually not. For those who somehow think I was serious, I was not. That is what we call a fiction. Fiction. Or sarcasm or BS. Anyway, Z Flip, slight update. Moving on. The Galaxy Watch 5 got a little bit of a software update, will cost $230. The Galaxy Watch 5 Pro will be. Oh, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong one. Galaxy Watch 5 has a temperature sensor and some other minor updates. Nothing really huge. Galaxy Watch 5 will start at $280. LTE version will be $350, but there will be a pro model that starts at $450 or the LTE version with $500. The pro model will feature the rotating bezel that, that I loved on the older versions. And, and this is going to be the one that Jerry rig, everything's going to have a lot of fun testing. And I can't wait to see the test instead of having tempered glass for the touchscreen. It has a sapphire crystal cover over the screen. For those who don't know, on Moh's scale of hardness, Tempered Glass will scratch at a level 6 with deeper grooves at a level 7. Moh's scale of hardness ranges from 1, which is basically just powder, all the way up to a 10 for hardness, which is diamond. Tempered Glass is at a 6 to 7. Sapphire, I believe... Is a 7 to 8. The other thing is also. The harder something is. The more brittle it is. In most cases. There are some exceptions. But it's getting into a whole thing. That I'm not an expert in. But here's here's the killer. Alright. Apple advertised for a while. That their. Camera lenses. Are sapphire. And someone's beating me the punch on this. But their sapphire scratches at a six meaning that Apple's sapphire has been so impure that it doesn't gain the hardness ability that normal sapphire would and before you go ah oh, well Apple just swapped out for glass a gemstone tester shows that Apple is using sapphire in it it's just really really bad sapphire so it's technically yes it is sapphire it's just garbage sapphire that's as good as glass, so you spent more to do the same. Good job. Good job. So again, we'll have to be keeping an eye on this when it launches. The watches will launch... Oh, by the way, bigger battery life. The watches will launch on... August 26th. So, in a little less than two weeks. But that's basically the whole gist of it. Updated watch, updated is And everything, everything that was showcased at Samsung's Unpacked event. It was all very minor updates. You know how earlier I was talking about Samsung trying to be Apple? You know what Apple doesn't do? When Apple, unless it's the iPhone... When Apple only has a product that's only a minor bump, you notice what they do during their keynotes? They spend very, very little time talking about it. We have the next generation of the base iPad. We upgraded it to the new Bionic 69XD processor that makes it our fastest iPad ever at the same price. Moving on. They hype it up, but they don't invest a lot of time in it. They move on very quickly to the thing that's actually the headline, what actually tries to build up the hype. Samsung, you made me sit down for an hour-long presentation that should have been an email. If you're going to be Apple, if you're going to try and imitate Apple, can you do me a favor And don't imitate their flaws. And if you do go ahead and imitate Apple, you at least do the thing that Apple does well. Sales pitching Samsung, it's not your strong suit. You are very quickly, Samsung, losing your identity. You initially got your foothold in the Android space by being a high-quality Android phone that didn't... Do the flaws that Apple does. Now, Samsung is very quickly just becoming Apple, but worse. We have a cool presentation showing off all our new products. Yeah, but there's nothing new. You've just wasted our time. We've got a brand new, incredible flagship phone. But it has worse cameras than your mainline phone. Samsung is actually getting to the point where someone like me, who has been... In the Apple ecosystem before. Is looking at them and going. You know what? If this is how they're going to be. I think I'd rather go back to Apple. I probably won't. I'll probably just go to. A different Android phone. One that isn't so locked down. And so terrible in what they're doing. Why deal with the mess. When you cannot. Moving on though from Samsung. Motorola wants to remind people. That they in fact do exist. And a new. Motorola Razr phone is going to be coming in 2022 with an actual spec update. <gasps> the Motorola Razr is their version of the flip phone with a folding display that mimics their iconic Razor flip phone from way, 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 way back in the day. Minimalist, compact, bigger external display, but they're not telling us what the price will be. And that was the, someone asked, does it have a headphone jack? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it has a headphone jack? No other phone in existence has a headphone jack unless it is a super budget phone. What the heck makes you think this one will have a headphone jack? No, no, of course it won't have a headphone jack. I'm telling you right now, if the phone costs more than 300 US dollars, it will not have a headphone jack. I'm just going to tell you that now. Yes, I still hate it. No, it doesn't have a headphone jack. This phone doesn't have a headphone jack. The previous phone doesn't have a headphone jack. The next phone will also not have a headphone jack. No, new phones will have headphone jacks. We lost that battle. I've given up on checking for headphone jacks on these phones. Because guess what? They don't have it. Even the budget Pixel phone, the one phone that everyone praised for having, a headphone jack, lost its headphone jack. Unless it is from Asus or, so- or, or, or Sony, it will not have a headphone jack. Now then, does anyone else want to ask if this phone has a headphone jack? Anyone else? If you want to know if a phone has a headphone jack, Go ahead and email the the phone model to... No, it doesn't have a headphone jack at EagleFalconPodcasts.com Now Chad is just asking stupid questions. Alright, anyway. Motorola Razr... The Motorola Razr, getting an update. Unfortunately, we don't have a price yet. I'm willing to bet it's going to be north of a a thousand. I'll just say this right now. These folding phones, if if they cost more than a thou... I'm out. Period. Someone asked, could a Sony phone work a PS4 or PS5? No? The thing is that the Sony phones are a separate division from PlayStation. So they have no reason to work with each other. In other news, Oppo. Is it Oppo? No, Xiaomi. Xiaomi has a new version of their folding phone coming out. And no! No! It does not have a headphone jack. Before anyone asks. No. (sighs) They still asked anyway. (laughs) Anyway, they have a folding phone out. There's not a whole lot of specs other than it has a uh, 12.4 internal screen. I don't know. I I feel like the wind about talking about every single folding phone out there has been sucked away by just saying no. It does not have a headphone jack. I'm sick of asking this question. Uh, In any case, moving forward, because we got a lot of stories to cover in very little time to do it, we might have to take another break because my throat is starting to get a little raw here. Apple is delaying its iPad OS. More and more reports are talking that, in fact, iPad OS 16 is being delayed further and further back. This time, however... People are saying phones are uninteresting if they don't have a headphone jack. I got bad news. You're, you're going to hate the entire phone market. Like, I don't know if we're memeing or not anymore, but I'm just telling you right now, like, 95% of the phone market does not have a headphone jack. Like, you're going to be on, like, an Android 6 device forever if all you care about is a headphone jack. Because the makers of phones with headphone jack is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't see it growing anytime soon because unfortunately the people who want headphone jacks and phones have unfortunately shrunk to a very small minority. It's just the truth. You may hate it, but there's just not enough people who care who made that really like repairable phone. I, f- I forgot. there was one company that like made like a super sustainable phone. I don't even think that one has a, uh, a headphone jack. What was my point that before I got sidetracked on even more talk about headphone jacks? I'm telling you, like, the only thing that's gonna have headphone jacks is gonna be like professional audio equipment, and that's it. People are, p- p- are I'm telling you, you're all picking very weird he- <laughs> things, Dion. Chat is trying to do a very good job of trying to make sure this conversation stays focused only on headphone jacks. All right. Anyway, iPad OS, it is being delayed even further. Some people are saying that it is so that they can start focusing on the iPhone 14 September keynote. All right. I'll just tell you this right now. That is not why the iPad OS is being delayed. There is no way the software developers in charge of iPad OS 16 are delaying that so they can work on a keynote. That is the dumbest thing I could, I, I could think of. That would be like saying Amazon is, de- is delaying your next next day delivery because their advertising department went out for pizza. It makes no sense. It's two radically different sections of Apple. Someone in chat so- says you were ranting about the loss of manual transmissions. That was absolutely not the case. No, th- this excuse that they're focusing on the keynote that's st- stupid stop it you Th- that's not how apple functions that's not how anyone functions the software engineers are going to keep working on ipad os i'm willing to bet the reason is is either a because there's code within the I- ipad os release that would lead to showing someone in chat is insisting that's how apple functions no it's not Stop being a dingus. That's not how Apple works. That's not how any company works. Their advertising department is the one that's going to be working on the keynote. They have nothing to do with the software development side of things. That's not how that works. Apple is way too big to have software engineers that also work in advertising. They have software leads that will appear in keynotes, but that's it. Someone in chat says correct, but their advertising department has full power over everything. Yeah, that's not how that works. Their advertising department would not say stop working. We, uh, our department needs to go and make a keynote. No, (laughs) absolutely not. Again, that would be like Amazon's, like, website. That would be like Amazon Web Services throwing a pizza party, and that's why... Amazon logistics didn't get your package to you on time. That doesn't. That's not. That doesn't make any sense. That that's stupid. So no, iPad OS sixteen is being delayed. I'm willing to bet because they're actually running into problems and not because the keynote's coming up. That's stupid. Stop that. Valve's Steam beta client is adding support for the controller you never asked for. You know what Steam never had support for, but now does, and. I bet you are super excited for it's the controller that everyone wants to use. It's the Nintendo joy con. Isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that the support you wanted on steam to play your PC games on a small little, (laughs) I just want to know how jank is it going to function? with the joy cons the joy cons alone are awful to use especially if you have pretty big hands like me like i have to insert them into something else lewd in order for them to actually function and not have to like cramp in on myself and feel like i'm like torquing my muscles in ways that i never should (sighs) someone chat says i bet you can actually properly map the side buttons I think you're going to have the problem with the fact that you're missing a whole lot of buttons compared to a normal, like, Xbox controller or anything. Like, most game developers plan for a D-pad, two joysticks, and then your normal A, B, X, Y buttons, plus one or two sets of shoulder buttons. You're, mix- you're missing two joysticks. Oh, yeah, and a start and select button. You're missing a lot of that on a Joy-Con. Like, how developers are actually going to go ahead and use that it's going to be very interesting. Someone in chat says, but yeah, that's why you have two Joy-Cons. Ah, excellent. So now you have to use both of them. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm just saying. The other thing is, how would the game know whether you're using one or two? Because that, that's the thing with the Joy-Cons. You can use them as a set in that terrible thing that ships with the Switch in the first place, or individually. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Someone in the chat says that's what Steam Controller Config is for. Dude. That Titanic piece of garbage software. Ooh. Don't do not even get me started with Team Steam controller config. Ooh, meet me and that software right now. Do not get along. Ooh. Someone in the chat that doesn't excellent stuff that, of that stuff already. Bull. Bull 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 when that's like most of the time it does an okay job stress okay not good not excellent okay job when it fails holy cow is it infuriating and i do mean infuriating no me and that software Me and that software from Steam are not on speaking terms right now because when that thing just doesn't work, which for me, I have had a terrible experience with the Steam controller configurator. It is terrible. It has been the main reason why we haven't completed Metal Gear Revengeance on stream yet because that Titanic piece of garbage software won't properly behave with it. And I've tried working with it a lot off stream and it is like, it has been a nightmare. Speaking of wanting to work with garbage software, Netflix, Netflix has games. How many people remember that Netflix has games? We now have some numbers on the Netflix game service built in. Do you think Netflix gaming is doing well or poorly? See, now this is where numbers... This is where the law of percentages is very misleading. Netflix games are being used by less than 1% of Netflix subscribers. So this sounds like a massive fail, right? Massive fail. Massive, massive, massive fail. Less than 1% of all Netflix subscribers play the games. How many people do you think that is? 1.7 million people are engaging with the Netflix gaming interface daily. And keep in mind, this system is only available in the United States. It's not a worldwide launch. It is probably the only Netflix feature that the rest of the world really doesn't care that is only available in the USA. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. So, is 2 million is 1.7 million daily a failure or not? It's kind of hard to tell, isn't it? Because your first instinct is to say, no, of course not. That's 1.7 million. Dude, people would kill to have a user base of 1.7 million. But what is the revenue generated from it? How much did how much does it cost Netflix to host this service? Is The Netflix little gaming thing that a whole lot of people really don't care about. Is it actually profitable? And that we don't know. We know Netflix Netflix has spent millions upon millions of dollars to acquire some barely functional games for this service. But that's about it. Someone in chat says, you think it's like Gamefly, but you don't... You forget that Netflix... They're... I did it again, Netflix. Netflix owns its own gaming studio. It's true. They do. But the thing... Here's the thing, though. Gamefly lets me go ahead and get AAA games back when it was around. Is it still around? Is Gamefly still around? I actually don't know. But you can't get any AAA games off Netflix gaming. It is just their own in-house games, which are just very basic, sort of like choose your own adventure, maybe like a little like bejeweled sort of thing. It's all just like very simple games and that's it. So Netflix gaming is still a thing and that's about all there is to really say about it. Square Enix is in the news again, which makes everyone tremble with fear. I'm telling you, like anytime Netflix, anytime, not Netflix, anytime Square Enix is in the news, it is worrying. Because the the instant you hear it, it's just like, oh no, oh no, what stupid thing are they doing now? What stupid thing are they doing that's going to make me cry? Rumors are saying that Netflix may, in fact, sell stakes in the remaining studios it holds. Square Enix, for the most part, has a number of studios that works in-house, that they refer to as business units, and then they own several other studios that they bought over the years. Did I say Netflix again? Well, Netflix being the news is also bad, but we're talking about, about Square Enix. Rumors are saying that Square or yeah, that Square may sell the remaining stakes in other studios. Now look. I know lately. Other games from Square that have not been their flagship titles, like Final Fantasy, like Dragon Quest, like Kingdom Hearts, have been doing subpar, but they still have other IPs that have some hope. Would you really want to see someone like Square sell their stakes in other studios for, say, properties like Nier to focus on others? To focus on their primary titles. I personally wouldn't. Or heck how about. Um, what is it? Life is Strange. The studios that do those sort of things. Like those are actually some halfway decent. Interesting forms of video game art. Are they the best games in the world? No. Are they massive profit generators? No. But it's still something different. And it is something that's interesting. And could go somewhere. The current administration of Square Enix is so laser-focused on profit that they are ruining other aspects of their company suffer solely for now profit. Which is a shame, because Square currently holds the shiny example of how good and how much money a good game can generate by actually treating its customers well they own final fantasy 14 a game that launched and fell flat on its face and then over the years kept talking to their player base that continued to communicate over and over and over again let everyone know exactly what's going on stay in close touch with everyone Play to the fan base. Let events that led to the destruction of the 1.0 server actually live on in the lore of the game. And now the game generates insane sales for the company. Because they went in and actually wanted actively during their entire 10 year, now 11 year length of the game. And wanted to develop with the players. That wanted to create good content for the players. And not just generate content to milk more money out of the players. Granted, FF14 does have that cash shop that does have a nasty habit of putting out cash shop exclusive cosmetics in a game that already has a monthly subscription. Which I am still very bitter about. And I'm still not a fan of that. And that's still like one of the... That is still a big black eye that FF14 has compared to other MMOs. But you compare that to what the rest of the company is doing. Selling all of their Montreal studios for a few million. To then invest it into NFT technology. To continue to push this desire to go into play to earn. Which is basically the gaming equivalent of a pyramid scheme. We already saw how that plays out. Axie Infinity. Gone. Collapsed. Poof. Because the pyramid scheme couldn't last. Whoops. Once you get outside of Business Unit 3, the division of Square Enix that works on FF14, the 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 remainder of the company is being run into the ground. Solely for profits now. Yeah. Look how well that's doing for the reputation of Activision Blizzard. Profits Now with Diablo Immortal. Yeah, they made a killing at launch. The player base of that game is almost non-existent now. I mean, not quite, but compared to what it was, it has dropped significantly. And what's worse, even though its player base for Diablo Immortal has dropped significantly, it's still going to make a ton of money. But it's going to be less and less and less and less. Until the remaining whales just... Can't find each other anymore. A company that was once beloved with Blizzard. Are there even any Blizzard fanboys left? I don't want to see Square become Blizzard. I really don't. I hope that they change course, and they change course very, very soon. Anyway, we're on track for being the longest, longest version of Eagle Eyes on Tech ever. We're going to see how things go after post-processing. We still have more to go over. Xbox's latest dev tools are going to add additional performance to the Xbox Series S. Apparently new uh, tools that are being put out indicate that the Xbox Series S could in fact see a significant performance increase by optimizing the RAM built into the Xbox better than what it is right now. To which I say good. Especially since, you know, trying to even get any of the current gen consoles that's that's the other thing to consider right now how old is the xbox series series and the playstation 5 does anyone know we're going into the second year of these consoles we're going to year two of these consoles that you cannot find anywhere without being scalped being the current consoles it's just nuts people are saying the xbox is still available oh yeah Come on, let's go ahead and make this podcast even longer. Let's go, Amazon. Oh my god, I went to Amazon and the first thing that pops up is the Amazon Astro. Okay, apparently breaking news. Um, Amazon is actively selling the Astro. For those who don't remember what the Astro is, it is the little A- Amazon uh, Echo robot that um, has capabilities of some kind. Currently right now is... at this this early availability is available by invitation only after its introductory period is going to increase to $1,449. I'll just tell you this right now. Do not buy it. Just don't. All right. Xbox Series X. Can I get it? No. The Xbox Series X right now is currently only available on invitation. The exact same status as the PS5. So Xbox Series X currently not available. What about the Series S? The Series S apparently can be purchased. The cheap version for $2.99 is available. Just the Xbox Series X is not available. So yes, technically you can get a hold of uh, the underpowered Xbox, but not the one that's if you're a content creator, you actually want. All right, let's, sh- let's shift gears over to NVIDIA. NVIDIA is going through some very interesting growing pains right now. As they have just recently slashed the price of the RTX 3090 Ti to $1,149. This, this was a $2,000 graphic card and the price just got slashed by almost 50%. Gee, NVIDIA, are you finding out that not everyone has a couple grand rely in their pocket during these tough times? No way. Who would have thought? But no, just more signs that, in fact, the GPU market is returning to some sanity. Just a, just a little bit of my, minor sanity, but what could have caused it? And in fact, while we're at it, what could have also caused the NVIDIA stock price to come tumbling down after... They came well short of their expected revenue. Ah, uh, you see, they are trying to say that it is because of, quote, gaming market challenges. Ah, yes, that pesky gaming market, those inconsistent gamers. They're just not buying enough GPUs. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yep, I see. It's all the gamers' fault. It has nothing to do with the fact that cryptocurrency miners aren't buying any GPUs right now and NVIDIA was selling a whole bunch of cards directly to cryptocurrency miners, but but earmarked it as gaming sales so they could try and tell everyone, no, we're not selling to, to cryptocurrency miners at all. No way, no, no, we would never do that. We would never ever sell to cryptocurrency miners. That's crazy talk. But yeah, you gamers, you just aren't buying enough cards now. What the heck, man? Okay, in case it isn't obvious, yes, the price of GPUs is coming crashing down drastically because now cryptocurrency miners that feel the urge to buy every single gaming GPU they can so they can print fake money can't print fake money anymore. And now all their GPUs that they were using to print fake money are flooding the market, And every single gamer out there who has been struggling to find a GPU at all are just enjoying the ability to buy cheap GPUs. That's just all there is to it. The crypto sector has collapsed. Miners are offloading their cards as quickly as they can. But you know, if you just don't wanna deal with the lying liars over at Nvidia, what about Intel? Intel has some new cards. Hey, look, they're going to have Intel Arc Pro cards. They're coming out soon. You know, the cards that barely work right now. Let's make professional versions of them. Honestly, though, real talk. I am curious how these will perform in the professional markets. Because, like, a professional card and a gaming card have two wildly different use cases. And we're seeing in the gaming sector that... Intel Arc's having a hard time being optimized really well. But for professional work cases, who knows? Maybe the encoding engines and all the other ways that Arc's trying to do what Arc does will be just some sort of CAD monsters. Or maybe it'll actually use Mythical Miracle Blood to actually get Adobe to actually function well. Turns out you run Adobe Premiere on an Intel Arc and it actually doesn't crash ever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. It's still going to crash all the time. It, it's, it's inevitable. It is absolutely inevitable. Someone in chat asks, why is NVIDIA trying to attack the people they need to be friendly to? So here's why. They weren't talking to gamers. They weren't talking to their customers. Those comments were to their investors. Because when, uh, when NVIDIA announced this, it was during their earnings call. So they wanted to try and explain why they fell short, but had to do it in such a way that A, they weren't lying, and then B, to minimize the damage that it would do to their stock price. Excuse me. That's basically what it boils down to. But in any case, in, uh, back to Intel and their GPUs. Intel, despite the fact they are having a very difficult time getting their GPUs out, they are back out on their media tour trying to show that in certain situations, the ARC A750, which is their top tier, will be able to go head-to-head with the RTX 3060 under certain circumstances. And here's what I'll say about this. From a consumer point of view, I would not right now buy... ...an Intel Arc GPU. I just wouldn't. You can't get them right now anyway... ...but just because the use case of one... ...is very slim and only to the most modern games... ...I personally would not buy one. I would not recommend... ...anyone... ...to actually get an Intel Arc GPU. If you are in the market for an Arc... ...GPU... ...you most likely... ...know... That you're in the market for such a GPU. Because you went out and did the research to make sure. That the games you play. Or the programs you use. Are. Compatible with this card. And that is very important. You make sure. That this card is compatible with what. You. Do. That being said those encoder engines. I want to see how well. Just having a. Having a cheap ARC card in a system that streams, how well that competes with the NVIDIA NVEC encoder. Or if the best answer is still just toss a Threadripper in and just use CPU-based encoding only. Yes, I know you can get away with something less than a Threadripper. I just want an excuse to have a Threadripper. Even though it would basically be like having a flamethrower inside my streaming studio with how much heat it would put off. Anyway, in other news, Google is testing a way to start streaming various games from their search results. Because let me tell you, you thought Intel Arc wanted to make sure it doesn't die? Google Stadia refuses to die. I'll I'll give Stadia credit. It is lasting way longer than I thought it ever would. Holy cow. It is insane how much Stadia refuses to die and how much Google, Google really wants to make this last. And it's, can you just let it die, please? We really don't care. I really don't want to start a version of a game from Google.com. But, you know, maybe you can go ahead and play Google Stadia on your 97-inch vibrating TV, which offers high-quality audio Without speakers, because the TV vibrates itself to make the sound. I am still super skeptical of this concept. The concept of having a TV, the monitor itself, actually vibrate like the speaker to make the sound. I just, I don't know. Someone in chat asked, does that have a headphone jack? No! Nothing has headphone jacks! That is this segment in a nutshell. Okay, but does have a headphone jack. All right, let's go back. Let's go. Let's start with everything in the segment. No, 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 yes, no. There. Does that answer all your questions? Almost everything doesn't have a headphone jack. You live in the year 2022. The headphone jack is being hunted as an endangered species. Jeez. This is going to be the meme of every single Eagle Eyes on Tech, isn't it? And no, the podcast also does not have a headphone jack. The podcast does not have hardware. All right, here's my next goal. I'm going to make a phone, and it's not going to have a headphone jack. It's going to have a mini XLR jack just to really mess with you, to say, don't worry, you can have wired headphones. Just good luck finding a, a set of headphones that runs on mini XLR. And I know some people would be like, oh, easy, I got that over over there because you're a crazy audiophile and you have stuff like that. But admit it, you'd love to see someone try to figure out what the the heck to do with three little mini pins inside their phone. Just like I'd like to see people figure out what the heck to do with super fast fiber internet because Google's fiber is coming to more cities, none of which are mine. So I instantly stop caring these cities include atlanta georgia huntsville alaska i think no alabama alabama nashville tennessee and orange county california someone in chat says you know there's a mini xlr that looks like a headphone jack oh no no we're we're talking about mini xlr that is just the little the, the little three pin connector not sort of mini XLR that's, you know, it has the three pins, but it's separate on, on a three and a half millimeter headphone jack that terminates in into mini XLR on whatever audio interface you're using. Oh no 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 we're talking raw mini XLR that you normally wouldn't find on anything except for like on ear audio monitors like I'm using. Anyway, Google Fiber coming to more places. Speaking of things coming to more places, a company called I actually don't know what the company's called. But Melrose is going to have pole-mounted electric vehicle chargers chargers that are mounted just on the poles themselves. Someone in chat says, can I have a phone with full XLR? Sure. You go ahead and have a phone that has full XLR. Enjoy your phone that is like a full inch and a half thick to have it. this, This podcast is so off the rails. It's not even funny. All right. Back on topic. Power pole mounted vehicle chargers. I actually am curious about this. This would be a very interesting thing to like do in like a suburb or just like in like a small downtown, having like charges, chargers integrated onto the city blocks on power poles like this. It's a very easy way to do it. Ooh. You could totally see in like a downtown scenario, parking meters, having vehicle charges, having vehicle charges built into them. It would kind of suck if you're trying to like cheat the meter a little bit, but dude, you could totally see that coming, that, uh, that being implemented in some cities. I could see mine doing it. I could see Milwaukee doing it. But yeah, right on the power pole. Why not? Exactly. You already have the, the power running through it. It'd be, a, it'd be a very simple way to go ahead and, and have it. Granted, I don't think it would be like DC fast charging. But it would be a way to get charging out there relatively quickly. Interesting concept. I'm very curious to see how widely it is then adopted. In other news that I didn't think would exist, we have from New Scientist, Inc., filled with secret molecules that can hide encryption keys in a letter. This ink laced with molecules that can store data was used to write a letter containing a hidden encoded message which had a text file of the entire novel of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. I cannot wait for this to be a plot point In the next James Bond film. The great chase for the secret pen that has the codes for something. the the Codes for, like, a a Russian nuclear missile silo or something like that, all in a pen. Everyone just filming around, trying to get uh, one pen. (laughs) What is this timeline I live in? Oh, but... You notice something? That's not the weird story of the week. No, 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 no. This is. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Physicists, physicists have trolled the James Webb Space Telescope and all the fans of it with a singular photo. How did they troll all the fans of this amazing telescope? What sort of crazy effects did they use to troll? Was it... Was it an entire glass of glitter in corn syrup? Was it some kind of crazy rendering that took a supercomputer a day to, to push through? Was it an ink vial poured into a strange liquid filmed in slow-mo? Oh, no, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen... The way you troll the internet that is interested in picture of a telescope is with a slice of sausage, specifically chorizo sausage. Yes, the internet was fooled into thinking there was an amazing space phenomenon that was found thanks to a picture of sausage on a black background, backlit with a flashlight. Bravo, internet. Bravo. You, you, you got us. It's just, just absolutely amazing. You know what? At least I can say this. In a world of misinformation, everyone fumbling around and being afraid of everything, and trying to go ahead and spread as much shouting and screaming as they want, trying to go ahead and scare everyone into believing whatever they want, it does make me smile a little bit to know that all it takes to get a chuckle out of a good chunk of the world is a slice of sausage. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the other podcast. I, we're we're going to call it a daily podcast, but it's only five days a week now the early bird briefing anchor fm slash early birb briefing and also check out my twitch page twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day Bye bye Ladies and gentlemen, I regret to inform you that the amazing picture of a quasar that was found in the James Webb telescope, it turns out it was not a beautiful quasar at all. It was, in fact, a strip of teriyaki pho beef that slipped from my bowl onto the camera. Also, the Cartwheel Galaxy, um, that was actually a piece of hair That accidentally got smudged against the lens. But everything else was real. All the other space things, they weren't real. They were just delicious.